Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Appreciate the opportunity for us to be here today. Um, I, I used up. I normally bring three handkerchiefs with me every Sunday morning, and and I should have brought four. So I've done used up all but one. So I've saved it for this, and I've got my backup right here. But grateful to God for the privilege to be here and for what I've already felt in my heart. Uh, if you're saved today, it's not because of anything you did. Uh, it's because of what's been done for you. And uh, I'm glad it keeps me saved. And uh, I'm not looking to go anywhere and just want to share with you this morning the Word of God. So if you'll look with us, Exodus chapter number 21, we'll begin at verse number 1. It says, Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy a Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve. And in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master hath given him a wife, and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if thy servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges, and he shall also bring him to the door, unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. Father, thank you for your word. We pray for the unction to share it, the anointing God that will place it in every heart and every soul. We're asking for this as we recognize that it's of a spiritual nature and must be spiritually received. We're praying for your help, fathers. We confess our dependence upon you as we look to you, Father, for the unction in all of this, the liberty to stand. We pray you'd speak most clearly to us all, for we ask it in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Um, An odd scripture today, and certainly if you take it just as is, you'll find that the 21st chapter of Exodus immediately follows the giving of the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20 is where we find the Ten Commandments that God gave to Moses to put upon tablets of stone, and these were given to the people of God. Now, if you thought that somehow there were only ten, you, you just really missed it, right? There were, there were way more than ten. Ten are the commandments, the laws given to God, but they weren't the only ones. They weren't the only judgments that were to be given and followed and observed by the people of God. Now, we find in chapter number 21 that having given Moses the Ten Commandments, he immediately follows with these judgments. And the judgments go out through the rest of the book of Exodus nearly as he begins to instruct Moses on how to judge the people, how to rule the people, what's right, what's wrong in the eyes of God and all of these things. And, and the very first one that we deal with is the subject of slavery. 
It's the subject of slavery. Now, if you just take it at face value and you read concerning what the Lord spoke about slavery, what I believe he recommended or what he knew about human nature was that we were apt to do things that we probably shouldn't do. And, and most of all, what happened back in those days, especially when a Hebrew servant was involved, was the fact that a person had got himself in debt so far he couldn't pay it. And when you'd become bankrupt and when you'd not been able to pay your bills, you were sold to the servitude of another person. To whoever you owed that debt, you were sold to them to be their servant. Now, what the Bible says is what God gave to Moses in order to judge this particular action. It wasn't God condoning slavery. What he was doing was making certain that this didn't get out of hand. Now, what we know by human nature is it did get out of hand and slavery was taken to a level that was atrocious and, and, and oppressive and yet what God intended was for a man to pay his debt and then he was to be what? Free. Free. Does that sound like any slavery you've ever heard of? And yet that's what the Lord was saying to Moses. So a man gets himself in trouble and he can't pay his bills and he's sold to his debtors or to his creditors He said six years can he serve, but on the seventh year, he's to go free. He's to go free. Now, I want to bring this in to what we preached last Sunday morning, and I hope you heard it last Sunday morning, but if you didn't, it basically goes right along with Psalms chapter number 40, where the Messianic Psalm revealed to us that what the Lord Jesus was saying was, is mine ear hast thou pierced through. Mine ear hast thou pierced. Hast thou used to to prove or to mark me, to pierce me, to designate me as the Savior of the world? And the Lord Jesus was referring directly to Exodus 21 and verse number 6, where a man, having been made free, gives himself back to his master. And that's what I want to share with us today. The part two, I guess, of the message is, is that we have a responsibility of being free men in Christ to recognize that we are slaves to him and to recognize that he's a good master. So I want us to look at that this morning. In light of of what the Lord was trying to instruct Moses here and was trying to give him as far as a judgment to the people, what he said was, is number one, that if you take a Hebrew servant in as an indentured servant, a slave, if you will, he said, when you take a Hebrew servant in, he said, let me be clear about his length of service. It is for six years and no more. On the seventh year, he said this man is to be set free of his debts. Whatever they were, however many they were, however large they were, what the Lord said was is the example of the Hebrew people will be is after six years, that man is free to go out by himself and he is to be charged nothing. He is to owe nothing else. All of these things are to be wiped clean of him. And I want you to know that's good news for you and I. Because all of us are slaves to something. Amen. You may sit there today in a lost condition and say, well, preacher, I'm not bound to Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I'm not bound to anyone. I live my life as I please and I do what I want to. I have no boundaries. But friend, may I say to you today that though you have no boundaries, you're not free. You've never been free. You're, a, you're in bondage today to the lusts 
of your sinful flesh and the very best you can do is as filthy rags in the sight of God. You can't get yourself out of trouble. You can't keep yourself from sin. You can't deliver yourself into a righteous form. Here's what I'll say to you today, that every lost man and woman in this world is is in bondage to a slavery. They are bound by the sin of their own flesh and they have a master and he is the devil. Every unbeliever in this world has a father. The Lord Jesus spoke to those that were the Pharisees of the day and he said, you follow your own father, the devil. And I'll have to say to you today that regardless of how you were before you got saved, if you were lost, you were slave to the devil. He did what he did and he did, and he did that in you and through you and all of those things, right? We could have testimonies from several of you here this morning and if you testified, amen, you'd be embarrassed to say all the things that you've done. You'd be embarrassed to admit in front of these people the things you've said, the way you've acted, the, the, the vileness of your life, the wickedness of your conduct, the things that you did, the things that you did to your own flesh or to someone else. May I say to you today that every man and woman, boy and girl, were born into the Adamic nature, your children of Abraham, and the curse that was placed upon him, the sin of your father Adam. Here's what I can tell you, brother, that that Adam, friend, sinned against God and the curse has been down through history ever since then. There's not one person that can claim to be good, not one. We're all sinners by nature. And brother, if you're lost today, you're a slave to the devil. You have a master. You might say you're free, but you're not free. I know people with all kinds of money and you know what? They're just miserable a creature as the man that don't have anything. You know why? Because slaves, friend, doesn't have anything to do with status. It doesn't have anything to do with wealth or unwealth. It doesn't have anything to do with the haves or the have-nots. I'll tell you, when it comes to the spiritual slavery that I'm talking about, it has to do whether or not you know Jesus. And apart from that, you're spiritually bankrupt and you're bound unto slavery for the rest of your days. They ain't going to get out of it, right? Try to run. Try. You'll find that you live without boundaries but aren't free. You're a bondage to the, to the slavery of the flesh. And everywhere you run, your flesh goes with you. And everywhere you go, your flesh desires the things of this world, not the things of God. They are enmity to the things of God. Everything that you would do for God, your flesh will fight you for it. Everything that God would have done in you, your flesh will fight against it. May I say to you today, we are slaves without Christ. Now, having established that, and at least I hope you've admitted that, that you're a slave to your own flesh. You'll do whatever it says. You'll follow it right off into the pit. That's where lost people are, right? And now, let me say this. They're no different than I was when I was in the same condition, right? I'm not from some kind of pulpit looking down at at people that, that ain't as good as me. I tell you, every one of us are equal at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners, desperately in need of a Savior. I like that, Mark. Praise God, every one of us are sinners in desperate need of a Savior. Now, I was a slave to sin. I was a slave to do whatever it said. Oh, how foolish many of us were when we were lost and undone. Didn't we we sow to the wind? 
Didn't we do things that were so abominable and awful and, 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 and horrible? I, I wouldn't speak of them. I want you to know today, it's because we're a slave to sin. Now, I was spiritually bankrupt. I hope we're all at the same place. Are you with me? We were spiritually bankrupt without Christ, but then something happened. Amen? Something happened. Right? In my defunct, spiritually bankrupt condition, without God, without hope in this world, the Lord Jesus Christ came to me. And you know what he offered to do? He offered to pay the debt that I owed to the creditor. He offered to pay the debt that I was, I was, I was in slavery for. Amen. He offered to go in my place and to become my sin and to die for me. Bless his name. Amen. He found me on the auction block of this world to be sold as a slave. And the Lord Jesus Christ, according to the apostle Paul, bought me with a price. Oh, what a price it was. It breaks my heart to tell you of what a price it was. Oh, how he suffered for me. (laughs) Oh, how he suffered for me. But that was the price that had to be paid. That was the only sacrifice that could have been given. The Lord Jesus Christ had already, in Psalms chapter 40, declared that you have prepared me a body. You have pierced mine ear through. You have opened my ear, designating me to be the sacrifice for the world. Therefore, he said, I'll serve you forever. Oh, but I want to talk to us today about not what Jesus has, uh, has done. We've already established that last Sunday morning. That's what the Lord Jesus was doing. But I want to ask you what you're going to do. Amen. Because let me see if I can define for you the Christian life. You were a debtor. Amen. You're still a debtor, by the way. Amen. Just to a different master. Right? Because you were defunct and spiritually bankrupt, the Lord Jesus Christ stepped in one day and he offered unto you uh, eternal life. He offered unto you salvation. He offered to set you free. Now, what we know about the life in Christ is that whoever the truth sets free, they're free indeed. Amen. As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, let me say to you today that I am a free man. I am free whether I was bond before or bond even now, I'm still free. I'm free in Christ Jesus and yet what I find in the word of God from the book of Acts all the way to the book of Revelations is that over 60 times you'll find the word servant or servant and every time you find that word, you'll find the Greek word attached to it that means slave. I want you to know today that I am a slave to the Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody see the smile on my face? Somebody told me the other day, said, we can't get a picture of you smiling. I said, go to church. That's probably the only place I really smile. I want you to know today that I am tickled to death to be a slave to Jesus Christ. I've been a slave to the devil, and that was no fun. I've been a slave to the taskmaster who all he did was wore me down, beat me up, try to steal and kill and destroy and exploit everything about me. But I want you to know I've got a new master. And you know what my master now did when he found me? He found me in that awful condition and he paid the price that nobody else could pay and he did so that he could set me free. And I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow him for the rest of my days. Why? Because he set me free. How 
many here would agree and admit today that we don't do anything through our current master because he makes us? You know how many times you heard the devil made me do it? Now, if you're lost, I don't doubt some of that. He is a taskmaster, and he will wear you down, buddy. Right, he'll destroy you and eliminate you if he can because as your master, his only intent is to kill you, to destroy you, to steal from you. Everything that he would have done, friend, is just like they were doing in Egypt. Amen, I was once bound to the slavery of Egypt. But brother, somebody came in and said the I am has spoken. Somebody came in and said you get to go free. We're walking out of here. I have paid your sin debt. I have paid every thing you owe. You are now my servant from here on. And what I say is I set you free. Amen. I'm free. Did you know that I'm free to do anything I want to on Sunday? But guess where I is on Sunday? Do you know he didn't make me come here? He didn't make me get up 6.30 in the morning and roll into a radio broadcast and preach for an hour before I'd even try to get here. He did not make me do any of that. And yet here I is just smiling like I just want it. Right? Like I want you to know that I am free because he set me free. But I will forever be a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am indebted to him. Though what he did was to set me free, I am indebted for the rest of my days because he bought me. He bought me. He bought me. Well, what in the world, preachers, that got to do with anything in Exodus 21 and 6? Well, I believe that the scripture was laying out something that was far greater. Ain't that what the Old Testament did anyway? is it spoke of something that was better coming. Amen. Well, here's what the judgment that God gave to Moses said. He said if he comes in single, he leaves single. If he came in and he had a wife, he takes his wife with him. It's his. He said, but if the master gives him a wife while he's in servitude, and if, he, if she bears sons and daughters, they're not his. Because the master gave him those things. And if he chooses to go free, guess what he has to do? He got to leave them. Hang on, brother. This gets good. He got to leave them. Why? Because he ain't his. The master gave him to him. Boy, ain't he give us some stuff. Ain't he give us some stuff. Let me tell you. He said if he come in without a wife and the master gives him a wife, she bears him children, said in the seventh year he's free to go. That ain't the question. It's not a question of whether or not he's free on the seventh year. The question is, is will he go? Now that changes everything we ever thought about slavery. Huh? Think about it now. That changes everything you ever thought about slavery. What the Lord was putting in place was something that was so wonderful that you didn't want to go. Hear all about that? Here he goes. Verse number five. He said, but. Right? He he gives them the rules. And he said in verse number five, he said, but. If he shall plainly say, I don't want to go. 
If he shall plainly say, I don't want to leave. He said, you're to take him in front of the judges and he's to tell the judges what he's saying, right? Here's what the Lord's saying. He said, look here, if you want to stay, you're going to have to make some kind of commitment. If you want to stay, you're going to have to tell everybody around you that you don't want to go. You're free. That ain't the question. It ain't a question of whether or not you're a free man on year number seven. That ain't even in consideration. What the Lord's dealing with is the fact that what was going to happen was is so many of them were going to say, but I don't want to go. He had to deal with the opposite of what they reigned. Everybody wanted to try to get out of slavery, trying to get out of servitude, trying to get away from the taskmaster. I want you to know that what I got into, I don't want to get out of. He said, here's what he's to do. He said, he must plainly say before the judges, when you take him in front of the judges so that there are witnesses to this, May I say to you, when I got saved, oh, old Taylor, he helped me up there and he said, son, you got it? He was about seven feet tall when I was about that tall. Seemed like it, right? And he said, son, you got anything to say? And all I could say was it felt like the weight of the world just gone from me. You shall plainly say, what? So what the man had to do was what the, what the, the person in slavery had to do if he wanted to stay was he had to go before the judges and he had to plainly state the reasons he did not want to go. Reason number one. Look at your text. Reason number one that I don't want to go is because I love my master. You can talk about being in slavery to Christ and oh, what a damn. I'm telling you right now, he's been good to me. He has been so good to me. I tell you, I ain't lost a pound serving Jesus. Amen, I'm I'm as bad as I've ever been serving Jesus. I'm living it, I'm telling you right now. I'm in the middle of the glory of God. You're trying to convince me that I need to live some other way. I believe right now the devil don't even want me no more. I done been walking this trail too long. I don't believe that crowd even wants me. Glory, I love my master. I'll tell you right now, he's been good to me. You can talk about the taskmaster of the devil. I'm talking about somebody different. I'm talking about somebody that when he bought me, he bought me to set me free. I'm talking about when he bought me, he promised me a home in glory. Somebody when he bought me, he'd been giving me and giving me and helping me and rescuing me and blessing me and blessing me and blessing. I don't want to go. Let me plainly say, I love my master. I'm tickled death stay. Well, that means you're in servitude to Jesus Christ for the rest of your life. Yes, that is exactly what it means and I am plainly stating it in front of all you judges. That though I am free, I am making a choice and it is based upon solid reasoning that nobody has been as good to me as Jesus. 
Oh, he's got to say, he's, when you take him before the judges, he's got to declare plainly why he wants to stay. Because otherwise, the Lord said, free. I'll have none of this forever servitude because a man is being forced or oppressed or against his will. But see, the Lord knew what nobody else knew. He knew the problem would really be they'd be more wanting to stay than they was wanting to hit the road. Why? Because in a circumstance like that, the taskmaster was required to feed them, clothe them, shelter them, protect them. All the while, they were working off their debt. May I say to you today, though I'll never work my debt off, I am indebted to the Lord Jesus Christ who forever paid the debt for me and hath forever settled it in heaven that I am free and I am free indeed and therefore I will be just like so many servants who have gone before me. I am not leaving Jesus. I'm not going anywhere. He said, you got to state plainly. Why do you want to stay? Well, number one and foremost is I love my master. I'm telling you right now, I found the best gig going. Anybody believe what I'm saying? Yeah. Is everybody with me? Amen. I'm t- I ain't trading it. Amen. I ain't interested in nothing the devil's got. I have done found the way. I have found the glory way. Has he been good to anybody but me? How good has he been? You can't even say it all, can you? That's what Psalms chapter 40 was about. The the psalm was saying, I I couldn't even number it if I tried. That's how good he's been to me. And you're saying to me, you're free to go. Amen, walk on. Your six years are over. You're free to go. Who in their right mind would walk away from this deal? Every time I stumble, he jerks me up. Every time I'm in trouble, I say, help me, he's right there. Every time I need something, he's blessing me with it. Somebody say amen. He has been a good, good father. I love my master. I ain't interested in going nowhere else. You say, well, you remain a slave the rest of your life. Sign me up. Sign me up. He ain't been nothing but good to me. I've been out there where there wasn't nothing to help you. I ain't interested in that trail. That one's full of misery and disappointment and self-destruction. I want you to know that I am tickled to death to be the slave of Jesus Christ and I am committing before all of you witnesses that I ain't going anywhere. You may leave him. You may sit down on him. You may go away. I can't help what you do. But I done figured out this is the best ride headed. You know what else he said? He said, I love my wife. Now, I'm going to talk about the physical for just a minute. I got saved when I was nine years old, and I got married when I was 17. I believe he gave me that. Right? During my servitude unto Jesus Christ, he gave me a wife. You know what else he gave me? Chillings, right? And then grandchildren. Let me tell you something. She said it this morning. If, my, if I tell my wife, I ain't following Jesus no more, let me tell you what she'd say to me.
She ain't mine. She's his. She ain't following and serving me. She's serving him. Well, say, you want to go? Go ahead. You didn't have that when you came. That ain't yours. That's mine. Now, that's the physical. Because I actually believe that's true. If I was to walk out on God, my wife would scold me and she'd kick me out of the house, but she would not quit Jesus. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Let me reverse that. If she does the same thing, I ain't quitting Jesus either. Say, what are you saying? I am saying plainly just like the word says to do. Say plainly why you're staying. Number one, I'm staying because I love my master. But number two, because I love my wife. Now, let's talk about a spiritual wife. I believe everybody in this room is the spiritual family that God has given me. And you know what? If I walk out on God, guess who I leave behind? Well done. Right? You know who I leave behind? I leave every one of you good people behind. You know why? Because you won't go with me. You better not go with me. You won't go with me. If I leave, you see, I, I leave the best family I've ever had. And let me be clear, you're not the only family. I've, I've got, we've all got family that ain't in this, in this building right now. We're part of a greater family, a bigger family, a larger family, a number which no man can number a family. When you walk away from Christ, you walk away from your wife because she ain't going. She's not yours. I can see an old boy in slavery thinking to himself, seven years coming up, I'm free. I can do whatever I want to do. But I know the rule. Since I've been a slave of this good man, he's done nothing but good for me. Oh, my goodness, how he's blessed me and helped me in every way. And he gave me a wife. I didn't have no wife before. He gave me a wife. And from that was children born. Can you see the old boy scratching his head? I can see his dilemma. He loves that wife. And when his freedom comes up, that seven year comes up, you know what he says? I'm not interested. I think I'll just stay. Oh, my master is so good to me. By the way, if I leave, I'll leave my wife. Anybody willing to make the commitment this morning? Plainly, in front of everybody in this room, that I am not leaving Jesus Christ. Anybody willing? We ain't, we ain't done yet. Hang on. <laughs> ain't that the truth? Where else could I go? Right. He said, thirdly, he said, I'm not leaving because I love my children. I'm not leaving them. Now, physically speaking, I've got children. Some of them are here today and some of them ain't. I've got grandchildren. <coughs> You know how devastating it would be to 
to them if I walked out on God. But that's not my only children. Some of you have been saved under my preaching. And even if you weren't saved under my preaching, some of you have been growing under that same ministry. And spiritually speaking, what the Apostle Paul called Timothy was as his child. He spoke to him as his son in the Lord. When I got to preach this on uh, Friday night of the association, when I got to preach this message, I, I knew it was coming here, but he had me preach it there too. And when I preached it, I had the privilege to walk over to Thomas Fernandez and hug him. Right in the middle of the service when I was preaching on I Love My Children. Right, Most of you don't know it, but I was, the, I was his pastor when he got saved. I was his pastor when he announced his calling to preach, and I am so proud of him. Let me be plain. I am not leaving my children. I'm not leaving them. Lastly, to make absolutely sure that the commitment the man was making was purposed and forever, a price had to be paid. He said, if the man shall plainly say, I love my master, I love my wife, I love my children, I do not want to go out free. I do not want to leave my master. Then immediately he is to be taken to the doorpost. And he said, you're to take his ear and put it up against the wood and with an awl, which is a long metal thing, it's real sharp on the ends, what they poke holes in leather with. He said, and with an awl, he is to be pierced through. There's pain associated with that rig, right? There was suffering involved. But I'll tell you what was the greater thing, is that what the man was saying was, I am forever marked. I am forever designated as a servant to my master. He spent the rest of his life with a hole. Not my own, I was bought with a price. And I made a decision when he set me free to serve him until I die. I'm plainly saying I love my master. I don't want to go anywhere. I am tickled to death with this whole servitude thing with Jesus Christ. He's been nothing but good to me. Has he marked me? He has. He has marked me. Now with the Lord Jesus, what Jesus was saying in Psalms 40, right? That's what we preached last Sunday, the Messianic Psalm, where he preached in Psalms 40 and he said, mine ears hast thou opened. That's what he meant. He wasn't talking about opening up his hearing, right? We know the Lord Jesus was never not hearing God. What he was saying was, and the reference directly is to Exodus 21.6, God pierced the sun. Did he not? Even in his resurrection body, he said to Thomas, look, look where they pierced me. Stick your hand in my side. He kept the scars that God had pierced him with forever designating and marking him as the savior of the world. 
Forever he said, I'll be your servant. Forever I'll be the redeemer. Thou hast pierced me through. And what I'm saying to you today is that he marks his own. It's not a mystery, friend. The people of God suffer and will suffer for his name's sake. That's part of it. He marked us all when we were born again and we went to the creek side and they took us into the water and we made a public declaration to all the world to know that I have died out to sin and I have been raised in the newness of life. Baptism is the first mark of plainly saying that I'm going to serve Jesus. Come and get us home. Well, Thomas Banana told me Friday night after we were standing outside, he said, when I read that scripture as you was reading it, I thought, where in the world are we going with this one? I love my master. He's been good to me. I tell you every day, it's October 2021. In October of 1987, that is 34 years ago, I was sitting, sitting right there during a revival. Gardner Tipton was preaching. And when the altar call was given, I got up. And I went to that altar. I was in college. I was married and had a kid or two. And, and I fell down and I said, God, I don't know why I'm here, but, but I feel your conviction upon me. And it wasn't long he began to speak and he said, you're going to preach my word. From now on, I am calling you for this. Then I really began to pray and try to convince God that he'd made a mistake and I couldn't do it and all that other stuff. But for the last 34 years, I've had the extreme privilege to be just a small part God's great plan. Small as it may be, and as insignificant as I am, let me be absolutely clear. I am satisfied. I am happy. I I have no intent on going anywhere with anybody. I love my master. I love my wife. All of you people, I love you. Whether or not you were saved under my preaching, it don't make any difference. You're, You're part of my family. I love all of you. I love my children, my spiritual children. I love all of them. I'm not willing to risk their, their lives or their spiritual abilities because I was unwilling. I was unwilling to make a plain and public statement that I will not leave Jesus Christ. I love my master. I love my wife. I love my children. I'm willing to be marked for the Lord. I'm willing to be pierced in whatever way, for Jesus Christ. And having been marked and further marked, I will forever be, right? Make a commitment, people. That's what this message is about. The other message was about explaining how Jesus Christ did all of that. Today is about you making that same commitment. When Jesus could have called legions of angels, what did he do? He chose to stay. When he could have walked out, when he said, Father, I, 
If you're willing, let this cup pass from me. He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When he could have walked away, what did he do? He said, no. I love my master. He said, I love my wife, right? His wife was the bride, right? That's the real bride of Christ. And he said, I love my children. And he said, pierce me however you have to pierce me, but I'm not leaving. I'm going to follow you. And he did, right? See, that is the ultimate example of Exodus 21 says. But next is you. What will you do with Jesus? I'm not leaving. Anybody going to stay with him? Anybody going to say... I love my master. I don't care what you do, preacher. I am not leaving Jesus. That's where you've got to get to. That's where you've got to be spiritually, is to make a plain and public commitment and live it. That I'm not leaving Jesus for nobody and no reason. Let him mark me however he wants to mark me, but I will forever be marked a servant of the Lord. Stand with us as we sing. I don't know your heart today, but I know this. You need Jesus if you don't have him. You are right now the most desperate among us. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm going to give you simply to compel you to come. If you have a need of Christ, would you come and pray? If you're not willing to make a commitment, there's something wrong in your spiritual life. If you haven't even investigated far enough to recognize how good the master's been, you've not really investigated your own eternity. Would you come? If you need the Lord, would you come? As we sing.